The Michigan Wolverines will be playing in their final game of the 2023 football season without head coach Jim Harbaugh. For the first three games of this season, it was announced that due to a self-imposed suspension placed on Jim Harbaugh, that four of Michigan football's assistant coaches would be rotating to take over the responsibility of the interim head coach role. Against Eastern Carolina, this was defensive coordinator Jesse Minter, special teams coordinator Jay Harbaugh, and running backs coach Mike Hart collaborated for the interim head coach role in the game against UNLV. And against Bowling Green, offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Sharon Moore will be the interim coach. This game takes place at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Michigan is as heavy of a favorite as they have been all year. We'll dive into that later in this video. This is also Michigan's final non-conference game. The Michigan Wolverines, a week after the 16th, on the 23rd of September, will play in their final September home game to open up conference play against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights currently are 2-0, 1-0 in conference, and even though Rutgers is not expected, and from watching them play against Northwestern and a little bit of Temple, I don't expect them to be at the caliber of Michigan, this is one of these final weeks where you can iron out any kinks or any wrinkles within your football program because Rutgers is going to be a better team than any non-conference opponent that Michigan has played so far. That's just facts. Greg Schiano runs a program that has great defense, great special teams, and Gavin Wimsat is doing wonderful things at quarterback there. And then after Rutgers, Michigan has to travel on the road to Nebraska, and the following week after that, they have to travel on the road to Minnesota, and then they have a bye week. This is fast-forwarding a few games after the back-to-back -back road stretch. They have a bye week after Michigan State. The month of November is really where Michigan is going to face most, if not all, of their challenges. Although I think that Michigan State, no matter who the head coach is, right now it's Harlan Barnett, but I was speaking mostly in the past, present or future Michigan State always plays Michigan tough. It's what makes it one of the better rivalries in college football, in my opinion. However, Penn State and Ohio State in the middle and later weeks of November, those are the games that Michigan ultimately is preparing for in the long term. Obviously, this team is well coached. They have great players with great leaders, elite leadership, in fact, I would argue, and I doubt they're going to overlook anyone. But the tests do not get easier from here. In fact, for Michigan, the way that they've scheduled their non-conference opponents next year, if they continue to play that game against Texas that's scheduled for now and don't buy out of it, this opinion of mine will change. Michigan sort of has a preseason that goes on yearly, where they start off the year with cupcake non-conference opponents, warm up, play backups, figure out who your better and healthier players are, and then use what you have learned against these inferior opponents to try and take advantage of your Big Ten schedule. It's a smart thing to do. However, I also am in the mood for 
playing tougher non-conference opponents. I would love to see Michigan, for example, hold that game against Texas and not abandon that. It would, I, it would, I think that would just be an awesome game, is what all I'm trying to say. But Michigan doesn't have any of those games this year. They beat East Carolina 30-3, UNLV 35-7, and they're welcoming in a Bowling Green team that is 1-1, one one, a Bowling Green team that has Connor Basilak at quarterback. He started at Indiana last season. However, the Falcons have lost to Liberty. They beat Eastern Illinois, who was able to keep pace with the Falcons for about a half. And I, I got to be honest here. And making this video, I'm tired of covering these games where whether it's Michigan Bowling Green or Michigan UNLV or Ohio State Youngstown State or Penn State Delaware, which unfortunately I couldn't cover, but I'm going to be covering Penn State taking on Illinois. That video is going to be re releasing tomorrow mid-morning, most likely at the earliest early afternoon. So stay tuned for that. I'm tired of covering these weak games where the matchups are heavily favored to one team. I'm very glad that after week three and starting in week four is when conference play really begins for most Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC schools. I'm very excited. In fact, I'm pumped for it, and that's probably not even a great descriptor word for the emotions that I feel in regards to college football continuing to roll and getting tougher and more emotion surrounding it, more intense. Rivalry weekend, for example, at the final week of the regular season is something I'm very much looking forward to, but we got to take what we can get right now, and what we're getting right now, it's not the cream of the crop, but in my mind, it's college football, which means it's great and elite product. So I just wanted to shoot that out there because I'm honestly tired of you know covering these games. But there are still things that we can learn, mostly from the bigger schools like Michigan in this video or Ohio State or, you know, Georgia, who's playing one of the easiest schedules in my mind of college football. You can learn a multitude of things about your team in these games. Before we get any further into this video and talk about the matchups and things to watch out for in regards to Michigan and some things they can improve on and learn from, as that's the reason why these games are played a lot of the time, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like this video, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I make college football content. Comment where you want Michigan to focus on in regards to what position and where on the field do you want to see Michigan focus on and, you know, what, what do you want them to do against Bowling Green? We know more likely than not that Michigan is going to win. Obviously, there's always a chance at an upset. Scott Loeffler, the head coach of Bowling Green, actually played quarterback at Michigan during the Lloyd Carr era, and he has had several Michigan assistants who played at the university on his staff at Bowling Green. So it's interesting that he knows the program. He's an alum, might be a little bit of a reunion for him, but what do you want Michigan to do? And for me, it boils down to a few things. I would say I want to see Michigan's run game improve even more. What happened against East Carolina was a little bit disturbing, but I thought give it a week. Sharon Moore isn't back. The 
The offensive line was discombobulated, I think, because they had some new transfers and also because they didn't have their position coach with them. Circle back to Indiana in 2022 when Mike Hart had that very unfortunate, you know, health risk on the sidelines. I forget exactly what happened. I think he suffered a seizure. That devastated the off, not the offensive line, but the running back room. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum were definitely shook by that, and that's understandable. Mike Hart's their position coach. He is their mentor, their trainer, and ultimately that's it's very hard to be without your assistant coach or seeing your assistant coach in the Indiana example in pain in a potentially life-threatening situation. So I thought give it a week for the offensive line to improve. They did against UNLV, and Blake Corum looked better. He certainly had more holes to run through. The rushing attack for Michigan was far superior compared to what it was against East Carolina. But Donovan Edwards still struggled, and Michigan's rushing attack right now is not exceptional statistically. Now, of course, we know that Michigan, without their head coach and Jim Harbaugh, and playing against these opponents who are vastly inferior in terms of talent, Michigan isn't going to be interested in running up the score for a variety of reasons. One, Jim Harbaugh not being here. Two, they do have some health concerns and lingering injuries from the preseason, like to Will Johnson, Rod Moore. Johnson, I know, is expected to play for the full game against Bowling Green. Rod Moore sounds a little more day-to-day. But Michigan has only been running the ball for 150.5 yards in a game on average so far. They had a lot more success against UNLV. I want to see them hit that 200-yard mark if possible, if not cross that against the Falcons. The Falcons are 1-1 one one for this season. Michigan is 2-0. and oh. Michigan continues to drop in football power index rankings, which I think is hysterical. I think that if you watch the games, you know that this team is not the 10th best team in the country. They're likely in, I'd say at worst, the top five. At best, they're in the top two or number one. They're they're in that top five, top six range. However, football power index to a certain degree is a power rankings. It's obviously a power ranking system, but more importantly, it's hypothetical point spreads is what football power indexes. So if you're a team that runs up the score, the football power index machine views that as a good thing. It doesn't like when you don't run up the score, and Michigan has not been running up the score. They've been very conservative in a lot of ways. Even their their you know passing game, which has been very successful, high completion rate, no sacks on J.J. McCarthy, no interceptions or bad plays. They, they've been very conservative there to a certain degree. There has not been very many deep or explosive plays in the pass game or in the run game. And I think that reflects that the team wants to be safe, healthy. They don't have their head coach right now. That definitely affects a few things. And maybe you don't want to open up the playbook, though I don't want to go there with Michigan. But I think number 10 is way too low for a team like Michigan. 118th for Bowling Green. They're a Mac school. They lost to Liberty. Liberty obviously lost Hugh Freeze to, to Auburn. That happened in the 2023 preseason slash 2022 postseason. And they struggled against Eastern Illinois. So Bowling Green 
is far outclassed by Michigan. It's a road game for the Falcons. Both teams have had success on the offensive side of the ball. Both have. And the line for this game is Michigan minus 40 and a half. The Falcons, on average, have over 400 yards per game, 418 and a half to be exact. Connor Bazelak currently has close to 400 passing yards. He has three touchdowns, three interceptions, and has a quarterback efficiency rating that is 62nd nationally. So both teams have had success relative to the expectations and to the talent they have on their roster on the offensive side of the football. Michigan staff, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, the trenches, defense, and special teams has the advantage everywhere. This has been a similar theme now for the third week in a row. And like I said earlier in this video, I want to get more into games where there's a better chance of competition. Teams that are in the Big Ten, or when Michigan goes to the postseason, when they go to a bowl game, or if they go to the Big Ten championship game, or if they go to the college football playoff, playing some non-conference opponents who are at Michigan's level and who have a chance, more than a, a crumb of a chance, but a great chance to knock off Michigan or they're expected to beat Michigan. I want to preview those kind of games. And Rutgers, while not really close to that, is at least closer than previewing Bowling Green, East Carolina, UNLV. Michigan has elite players. Bowling Green has a few nice players. On offense, they have a running back who is averaging over five yards per carry. And Terrian Stewart, a sophomore, 5'9", 225 pounds. He has 17 carries for 106 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and averages 6.2 yards per carry. I mentioned Connor Bazelak earlier. Bazelak was the SEC Freshman of the Year in 2020 where he threw for seven touchdowns, six interceptions at a 132 passer rating. And he did that in the COVID year with a new head coach in Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz has not had much success at Missouri, period, amen. We'll see if he can turn that around this season. After 2021, Basilak transferred to Indiana, where he just was hit over and over and over again and he decided he doesn't want to play for Tom Allen and his program, which I think is currently a sinking ship, and he transfers to Bowling Green, where now he's a senior. He's thrown for nearly 400 yards, 390 to be exact, completing around 60% of his passes. He's a quarterback with good talent. He's certainly serviceable at his job. I know that he's been to three schools, and obviously being at Indiana, I think that's a school that can break your confidence. But I think he is going to be the best passing quarterback that Michigan has faced so far, probably by a mile. So there are some areas to look out for. I think this is the best offense that Michigan will be facing in their first three games. I think this might be the worst defense, though. So I expect just from a roster standpoint... And the fact that these two teams have played two games, so I know more about them than I knew about Michigan in Week 1 or East Carolina in Week 1. I think this game will involve more points scored in total. That's just my opinion. Um, Michigan at offensive line, specifically. I need to see more improvement from Drake Nugent, from Miles Hinton, from Carson Barnhart, Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan. I want even more push. 
There need to be more holes opened up. And Donovan Edwards against a defense like this, I would hope that he can break off a long run. Donovan Edwards on the year has had a quiet season. I don't want to say disappointing because, yes, he's only averaging 2.6 yards per carry. He has 18 carries for 46 yards. But he has had games before against middle to lower level competition, and then he's exploded in big games and also some games against mid-tier to good competition. But for now, through two games, he has been struggling. Blake Corum still looks great. Roman Wilson right now looks like one of the nation's better wide receivers. And it is against smaller competition, but if he continues to put up those numbers, that could be reality. Colston Loveland looks great at tight end. Defensive back, I am concerned about health with Rod Moore not being officially back yet. Makari Page and Will Johnson are. Linebacker is very healthy, very productive. At special teams, I'm curious to see that if Michigan attempts any field goals this game, James Turner had a very accurate, clean, high 40s, lower 50s attempt against ECU that went right through the uprights, and then he had one from beyond 50 that he completely shanked, and he also missed an extra point that game. So there are there are position groups for Michigan that I think have questions surrounding them, and certainly I'd like to see improvement from. And then from a staff perspective, both head coaches, and I know Jim Harbaugh is not on the sidelines, but you know he's the head coach. He's not being fired. He's just self-imposed suspension. This is the final game where he's out. Him and Scott Loeffler were both quarterbacks at the University of Michigan. Obviously at different times, but I think that's a little bit of a fun fact that I wanted to share with you all. Some players to look out for. Will Johnson, him being back and healthy, he'll play in his most snaps in this game that he has all season long. I'm looking out for him against a Bowling Green offense that will likely throw the ball with greater efficiency and more often than East Carolina and the UNLV Rebels did. So I think Will Johnson has a chance to collect an interception, perhaps two or three interceptions. Three would be insane, so I'm just going to stick with two. In this game, for sure a few passes defended, maybe. These are just maybes. I just want to see him in the game, healthy, with good coverage. I don't know how often he'll be targeted, because I think that he's the nation's best corner when healthy. And if he's not that, he's certainly a near elite to elite cornerback. Will Johnson last year was rated as a top 10 corner by pro football focus. And he's not a one-man army in the secondary. There's also Mike Sainra still, who already has an interception. Sainra still also on the year, outside of having an interception, has one pass defended and six total tackles. So I look at Michigan and their secondary, and Rod Moore, when he's healthy, will be great. Josh Wallace had almost a crazy interception against ECU. He's looked good, and there's a Morian Walker behind Will Johnson, and the staff has described a Morian Walker as a freak athlete who's learning the position, but they're sure he'll grasp the position in due time, and he just has the perfect build to be a corner. Keon Sab and Zeke Barry, I've noticed their names. They're redshirt freshmen, and they've been getting involved this year in these early games, and I've been impressed with their play, especially Keon Sab. So 
This secondary is deep. Just watch out for anyone in that room. I think that with this Bowling Green passing offense, the secondary will have more opportunities to shine and learn in this game than the previous two, especially with Will Johnson, seeing that he's back, fully healthy, probably will play with the ones for the entire game. And I'm curious to see how he does and if he has any highlight real moments. And if he doesn't, that's also a good sign because that means he's respected by Connor Basilak or he's just so good at coverage that maybe he has a few pass deflections and a few tackles. For the Bowling Green Falcons, my player to watch is quarterback Connor Basilak. I've already mentioned his statistics several times, so I'm not going to hearken on that again. Against Liberty... Bowling Green scored 24 points. Against Eastern Illinois, they scored 38. This is not a good or great offense by any standards, but I think that with the firepower they have at quarterback, they definitely have a higher ceiling than UNLV and Eastern Carolina, who, in my mind, have less experience and were more limited at quarterback than the Falcons are. Can Bowling Green score a few points and maybe keep this game competitive? For a quarter or two, or perhaps pull off the unthinkable if Connor Basilak has great quarterback play, we'll just have to see. His offensive line is going to be facing one of the best defensive lines in the nation, and his offense under his leadership is going to have to find a way to drive down the field on a defense that has been very stiff. And when Michigan's defense is playing their ones and playing their starters, they have not surrendered a single point this season. Will that change with Connor Basilak? It certainly could. He's the best quarterback that Michigan has faced on the year thus far. Which, overall, I gotta say, to a certain degree, if you care about strength of record, is a little embarrassing. I think that Michigan is going to win 49-7. to I know they haven't covered for two weeks in a row. Same thing for Ohio State. But these schools... And for Georgia, it's similar. They failed to cover against Ball State, but they were favored by more than 40 and a half points. I think they were favored by 42 when it ended up, ended up pushing. Michigan and Georgia, I would say, have been programs that look bored or that they're going on business trips. They're very efficient. They get straight to the point. They might struggle in a few areas, but they look like the two best teams in the country, in my mind. Um, And looking at Michigan, I think that against this Bowling Green defense, even if they are, efficient. They're just on a business trip. I don't think you'll see Michigan struggle on fourth down or punt against this Bowling Green defense until the late third or fourth quarter when they're putting in their backups. This Bowling Green defense allowed 34 points to an inefficient Liberty team. They allowed 15 total points to Eastern Illinois. They're not a good defense. And Connor Basilak has already turned the ball over three times, and Michigan's defense has forced an interception against East Carolina, and they got several stops and sacks and just pressured the heck out of Doug Brumfield when the Wolverines played UNLV. So Michigan will dominate this game. I think McCarthy completes 80% or more of his passes for the third game in a row, which is a very impressive statistic. He looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. I'd certainly put Caleb Williams, Shudder Sanders, Drake May, and Michael Penix ahead of him, and he'd be around a similar level to Bo Nix, though I think Bo Nix is more experienced. I had him as a higher quarterback than J.J. McCarthy, 
But McCarthy right now is definitely a top six quarterback. He's fulfilling that prediction of mine that he's a near elite quarterback. If he can continue this level of play against Rutgers and then even against Nebraska and Minnesota, who have, in my opinion, good secondaries, I think Minnesota has an elite secondary. If he produces those numbers against those teams, and let's say it only drops off slightly against Penn State or Ohio State, he could be an elite quarterback this season. I mean, his numbers right now are absolutely impressive. Let me just read them off to you. 48 completions, 55 attempts, 558 passing yards, he completes 87% of his passes, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 202.5 passer rating. And he has good wide receivers. I'd say great wide receivers, in fact. Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson, and also Tyler Morris, Samaj Morgan, Frederick Moore, Colston Loveland, and A.J. Barner, and Max Bredesen at tight end. Michigan has very capable receivers as well. So this might be the best, the best passing offense in the Jim Harbaugh era. And the run de- defense and offense and total defense as well, I expect those units to perform at a high level. The defense will dominate and I think force one or more likely two turnovers. The Falcons defense will get trounced by Michigan. They'll allow the Wolverines to score more than 35 points for the first time this season. And Connor Bazelak will test the Wolverines secondary at times, but overall I think they will get the better of him and Michigan wins 49 to 7. Not scoring 50 or 60 points, I think that the nature of Michigan football right now until Jim Harbaugh returns and likely for the rest of the year is probably scoring at best in the 50s. And in games like this, where they had the opportunity to score 60 or 70 points with Jim Harbaugh not in the game, Sharon Moore not you know, coaching the offense or calling the plays against Eastern Carolina, and with Michigan not being healthy, it should not have even been a prediction of mine for Michigan to just run up the score. This team clearly through two games has no interest in doing that. I just think through a few turnovers and also playing likely their worst defense they've played all year, Michigan will score 49 points in three quarters. They'll allow a late touchdown to Bowling Green, or maybe it's an early touchdown. Hopefully a later touchdown against the twos like UNLV had in the fourth quarter. But 49-7 is my final score for this matchup. Thank you to my patrons for supporting this channel. If you're interested in donating and supporting to my channel and also getting extra benefits to compensate for that, like having your name featured at the end of my videos or receiving, depending on your Patreon tier, picks for week for weekly games, picks against the spread, picks for who's going to win each matchup, make sure to check out my Patreon page and make that decision. I appreciate it if you do. If you don't, you're still watching my videos and interacting with me, and that's awesome. I want to give a special shout-out to Spencer Bringhurst, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, and Matthew Sale. My All-American, and then for Loftus, Calendar, Gnome, and Sale, my All-Conference patrons. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you guys later on. Later on tonight, to be more specific. Have a great day.